Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sort of Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that's all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. You can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. Awesomes, if you have not joined us on social media yet, I hope you'll come over and join us. Not only are we talking about the things that are important to share in regards to the show, like new episodes, those kinds of things, but we're also doing a lot of gathering around and encouraging each other in these troubled times. This is our first episode to record since the coronavirus spread throughout the United States and all of the social distancing and self-isolation that's happening. We're like in the trenches now. And we are recording. And so I'm here with my very dear friend, my longtime co-host, and sometimes maybe a little bit of a worrier as an Enneagram <laughs> 6. Listen, we're all worried. If you're not worried, come tell me what your secret is. But Rebecca feels it in a special way as an Enneagram 6, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But Rebecca, check in with us. How is Team Hoffer doing? Team Hoffer. Okay. Well, like logistically, so my husband is the CEO of a nonprofit that works with people who are experiencing homelessness and other sort of financial and housing crisis. So his job is secure right now and they are, you know, staying open. The good thing about my husband's work is that he is able to do a lot of that from home. So my husband's working a lot from home as well as the rest of the staff is actually pretty well equipped to work from home and collaborate online and in conference calls and things like that. So they're doing great with that. I also am able to do sort of awesome and simply Rebecca stuff, all that from home. So that's going well. And my kids are out of school. Initially, it was for two weeks. We found out yesterday it's going to be an additional two weeks. We have not heard anything about it being, you know, through the end of the year. But I just am kind of holding my breath thinking that that is a possibility for us. But we have not heard that yet as of recording this now. This is going to be coming out, this episode, about a week later. And with things changing so quickly and so rapidly every single day, this all may have very drastically changed. But yeah. at this point, my kids are home for an anticipated four weeks. Four weeks. Yeah. When do y'all usually get out of school? You mean what time of year? Yes, that's what I meant. Like, are you a May okay. or June release at the end of the year? 
the beginning of June. So like okay. maybe around like June 6th or 7th or something like that. Okay. You know, they usually go about a week into June and then that's it. Okay. All right. Well, lots of accommodations being made. I mean, I feel like lots of us are kind of, we're navigating things ourselves and, you know, also looking around to see how other people are making sense of everything. So that totally makes sense for your family. As Kelly and I talked about last week, we shared some updates for what's going on in our families. I wanted to give you an update from the rest of the team too, you guys. So we do have an assistant producer who does a lot of amazing things to keep the show running on the back end. Her name is Sarah Robertson. So we checked in with Sarah. So Sarah reported back that she and her husband are both working from home. Now they live in Kansas City. Her husband, Adam, teaches school in Kansas on the Kansas side of Kansas City. Of course, Kansas City is split into the Kansas side and the Missouri side. It's a little confusing for some people, but facts are facts of Kansas City. (laughs) (laughs) Facts are facts. (laughs) So in Kansas, they have gone ahead and said they'll be doing virtual distance learning for the rest of the school year. So they're kind of, you know, making those accommodations as Adam tries to figure out what is this going to look like for his classroom, for his students. Their kids go to school on the Missouri side. At this point, like you said, everything's changing by the minute. Literally, their kids are out of school for 30 days minimum. And Kansas City, the city itself is on a 30-day shelter at home. Lots of bigger cities around the country, of course, are asking people to shelter in place to limit that social contact. So That's going on. My sister, Emily, who is a show regular, she, as you all know, is a middle school teacher in Texas. And this could be totally different by the time this episode drops, but they had already implemented their virtual learning practices because you all might remember when Emily and I recorded our spring show, 10 Things to Look Forward to in spring of 2020, she was wrapping up her spring break. And that was right when all of the social distancing and self-quarantine protocols were coming out. And so right then at the end of her spring break, she had to kind of scramble and figure out, okay, I'm an art teacher. How do I teach my children art as, you know, they're trying to learn through their computers and virtual, like through their laptops and whatever. So anyway, she and her boyfriend, Corey, are doing the best they can to make those accommodations. And, you know, like all of us kind of trying to figure it out as we go. Right. Yeah. And my kids at this point are not going to be doing online school. The teachers are communicating through some apps and the kids brought home iPads, but I'm kind of hoping that that changes because it feels a little ambiguous and a little unclear as to what exactly the expectations are and, you know, trying to guide my kids through it all. You know, I didn't sign up to be a homeschool mom oh, for a reason. Absolutely. <laughs> and listen, I'm just going to remind you guys again, I talked about this last week on the show, but we started a brand new spinoff group from the Sort of Awesome Hangout. The Sort of Awesome Hangout has been around for years and years, and we've had lots of little spinoff groups go off on topics off of that. But for this moment in time, we felt like it was really important to support all families as much as we can who are like the Hoffers and the Tietzes and many, many, many of you all who find themselves for the first time ever trying to school their kids at home, whether you have curriculum provided by your district or not. So just as a reminder, come and I'll put a link in the show notes for you guys, but come and join us on Facebook in the Suddenly Awesome Homeschooling Group. We have a bunch of veteran homeschooling moms who are awesomes, who are answering questions, giving advice, helping us all to figure that out. So it's a really great resource. Even if they don't listen to the show, whatever the circumstances, invite your friends, invite your family. Let's figure out how we're going to get through this together. So again, I'll put a link in the show notes for that. 
lots of us are navigating the situation we find ourselves in in different ways. Some of us are a little bit more anxious. Some of us are a little invigorated. It all kind of depends on personality. And Rebecca, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to actually look at the situation we find ourselves in through the lens of my true love language. And that is Myers-Briggs personality theory. (laughs) I cannot wait. I love it. I'm so excited. We thought about, I kind of was toying with the idea, should we do it? The Enneagram on this? But that felt like a lot. I know Myers-Briggs so well. You could wake me up out of a sound sleep and ask me a Myers-Briggs theory question and I'd be like, oh, okay, well, you got to talk about cognitive functions. And and if you're an NT type, then I mean, I could just like start from a dead sleep talking Myers-Briggs. So I felt like, okay, I feel like I can tackle this. I love it. So we're going to get to all of that here in just a few minutes. But Rebecca, first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. And yes, we are still celebrating awesome every week, even in these difficult, challenging times, because there is still awesome to be found. So let's talk about the books, TV shows, movies, podcasts, all of the things that are making life a little bit more awesome right now. Rebecca, what do you have for us? I have a product that I have been testing out for like nearly a year now and was just waiting for a good time to share it. This is the best time. This was like a God thing that I waited all this long to share this because. <laughs> wow, this is this is divine appointment. This well, it is. It is. OK, <laughs> so it is a product called L'Oreal Paris Magic Root Precision Temporary Gray Hair Color Concealer Brush. Oh, my gosh, Rebecca, I feel so seen right now. <laughs> <laughs> Are you passive aggressively being like. Listen, I saw you on Instagram. I know your roots need some help. (laughs) No, no, there's nothing passive aggressive about this. Okay, Okay. this is the time in life that we need this when you cannot go to the salon when you are, you know, things are growing out a little more than what you like. The gray hair is being forced through your head faster than ever because of all the stress. But here's the story, because like I said, I've been trying this for like a year with no idea that there'd come a time when we wouldn't be allowed to leave the house to go to the salon. But I heard about this from Jamie Golden on her Instagram stories like over a year ago. I bought it because I don't dye my hair, but I found that 38, I was getting some gray hairs coming in and I was kind of like plucking them out. And I read that, of course, you're not really supposed to do that. And in a sort of awesome thread, I asked, I was like, okay, but like, why? Like, why can I not just pull these out? And they said, well, it could like damage the hair follicle and then, you know, hurt hair growth in general. And I was like, but that sounds like exactly what I want. (laughs) (laughs) I still am not seeing the problem. Okay. But like as more and more gray was coming in, I was thinking, well, I don't have enough gray to really need to dye my hair, but I wish I could just like use like a little marker. And then lo and behold, Jamie's talking on her Instagram stories about exactly that, this temporary gray cover-up marker. She says L'Oreal Paris also has like a magic root spray that I think they had for a while. And that one maybe is a little bit more common that you can like spray it on your roots, maybe like dry shampoo style. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, but this is actually like a little brush. It's like a pen. And then... You click the end and it releases just like a little bit of dye into this brush. And then you can use it just to touch up these little spots. So if you were dyeing your hair and you wanted to like touch up all along the roots, all along your part, you could do that. If you're in a situation more like me, 
where you're just kind of wanting to cover up like a little gray that's coming in around the temples. You can do that pretty easily with it. So it's $10. I got it on Amazon, but it's also at Walmart, Target, and absolutely everywhere. Again, I think it's meant to help stretch people between their salon appointments. Yeah, that's like now, right, everybody? Yes. The pen only seems to come in medium brown, dark brown, and black. Interesting. But the spray does have more color options, like five to nine shades, depending on the store that you check. Okay. So you'll have to just go and see like what they have or look online. Sure, sure. Target seemed to have more shade options than what Amazon did the last time that I checked. Okay. But if you're like looking for a red color or a shade of blonde, you're going to need to go with the spray. But if you have medium brown, dark brown, or black hair, then you can definitely check out this L'Oreal Paris Magic Root Precision Temporary Gray Hair Color Concealer Brush. (laughs) That is a mouthful. It is. (laughs) Well, okay. We will have links in the show notes for you guys to check that out and see if that's something that you need. If you're going to play around with your hair too, why not do it now? <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, I don't use this every day. Yeah. But just sometimes when I just feel like, ah, oh, let me just brighten things up. Gotcha. Just play around with it. I get it. I totally do. Okay. Well, you guys, my awesome of the week this week is it's a little bit of a turn from hair coloring, but it could be something it could. I'm going to try to make a segue here. Sometimes gray in our hair as we age might cause us a little anxiety. <laughs> and if you... <laughs> This is a bad segue. And if you struggle (laughs) with real anxiety, not just hair related, actually being serious, I need to share with you all a podcast episode that is truly, truly one of the best things that I have ever heard about what anxiety is and how to cope with it on a daily basis. Okay. So this is an episode from 10 Things to Tell You. Of course, 10 Things to Tell You was created and is hosted by our dear, dear friend, Laura Tremaine, a former sort of awesome co-host who has gone on to build an incredible platform with 10 Things to Tell You. And she dropped a bonus episode. So normally 10 Things to Tell You comes out every Tuesday, but she put together this bonus episode and released it last month. It's called Anxiety Always Makes Sense, a conversation with Dr. Becky from Dr. Becky at Home. I saw this come up in my feed and of course I had to hit play. Laura, as you all know, and I have had a couple of conversations right here on Sorta Awesome about struggling with anxiety. One of our most listened to episodes ever of all time, episode 26, The Truth About Anxiety, is Laura telling her story about struggling with anxiety from childhood on. Well, whenever Laura talks about anxiety, I'm always tuning in because she has shared with me so many amazing things through the year. So she actually has an actual psychologist who comes on and has this fantastic conversation with her about anxiety. It is one of those conversations that first of all, if you do struggle with anxiety, Dr. Becky has some advice and some ways, some perspectives of thinking about anxiety that are complete paradigm shifts. They are complete life changers, game changers for you. She talks about, and Laura even says this in her intro to the episode, that through all of her years of therapy and understanding and, you know, trying to better understand what it is to live with anxiety, she had never heard anybody talk about anxiety the way that Dr. Becky does. And I have to totally and fully agree. And she also gives advice that is like immediately actionable. And I really want to boost the signal on this episode right now because lots of us who struggle with anxiety, of course, world circumstances are going to ramp that up. But many of us are struggling to get access to our regular mental health care. 
Now, you know, of course, lots of therapists and counselors are trying to do some virtual appointments as much as they can, but this is a fantastic episode if you need some actual real direction on how to manage your anxiety. And the second half of this episode, they go into talking about anxiety, like in the family context, how to deal with anxiety when you're a parent and how to help your children who have anxiety. And this is all in like 50 minutes. You could pay money to have a counselor share this with you to go to a seminar, but it is for free in the feed for 10 Things to Tell You. I cannot tell you enough. Everybody that I know that struggles with anxiety, I have been pushing this episode their way so that they'll go listen. So I wanted to make sure, Awesomes, that you go and check it out as well. I'll put a link in the show notes. Again, it's called Anxiety Always Makes Sense. It's a conversation with Dr. Becky from Dr. Becky at Home. That's her account on Instagram. So. It's very good, Rebecca. It's very good. Oh, I'm looking forward to listening. It sounds incredibly helpful. So thank you so much for sharing that. Totally. So we want to keep talking about what's awesome in life. So if you haven't found us yet, please do come and find us on Facebook and talk about this, our awesomes of the week, every single week over there at facebook.com slash group slash sort of awesome hangout. And like I said, at the top of the show, you can always find us on Instagram where we're sharing all kinds of stuff right now, including our weekly awesome of the week thread on Instagram. So if you haven't found us there, we're at sort of awesome show. Okay. Awesome's story time. So earlier this week, I was organizing my bra drawer because I have a little extra time right now. Not much, just a little. And when I was organizing that drawer, I found one of my all-time favorite bras. It's the seamless lounge bra from Third Love. And you guys, if ever there was a time to get yourself a lounge bra, this is it. And of course, it's one of the most comfortable bras that I own. Third Love is all about doing bras differently. They believe every woman deserves to feel comfortable and confident every day. And of course, every bra is backed by their perfect fit promise, 60 days to wash it and wear it. And if you don't love it, returns are always free. You start with their fit finder quiz. All you have to do is answer a few simple questions. And believe me, they really are so simple. You're going to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Third Love helps you identify your breast size and shape and find the styles that fit your body. And again, I cannot emphasize this enough. They are so comfortable, hands down the most comfortable bra you'll ever own. They have straps that don't slip. They have tagless labels, so there's no itching. They're lightweight. They have the super thin memory foam cups that totally mold to your shape. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everybody. So right now they're offering you Awesome's 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com awesome right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off of your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com awesome for 15% off today. Okay, awesomes, maybe you're like me, you're doing a little tidying up around the house this spring. It's the perfect time for you guys to rethink your sink. That's because small changes really do add up and there are a few simple swaps that you can make in your home to say goodbye to single-use plastic with sustainable swaps from Grove Collaborative. Now, I have been a Grove Collaborative customer and fan for many years. In fact, in the past few weeks when it's been so hard to track down the cleaning supplies that I really want to have around the house, Grove came through with flying colors. But what you may not know is that Grove is the first place to visit to reduce your dependence on single-use plastics. Grove's sustainable swap set is the best and 
easiest way to get started reducing plastic waste in your home. It has bamboo straws, reusable and washable sandwich bags, a refillable hand soap dispenser, gel hand soap, and a walnut scrubber sponge set. For a limited time, you awesomes can get all of that free with your first purchase. With fast and free shipping on your first order, going sustainable has never been easier. So join me and over 2 million households who shop at Grow for their healthy, sustainable home essentials. Make your home more sustainable this year. Now for a limited time, when you awesomes go to grove.co slash awesome, you will get the free five-piece set from Grove so you can easily swap out plastics. Plus you're going to get free shipping and a free 60-day VIP trial. Go to grove.co slash awesome to get this exclusive Exclusive sustainable swaps offer. Again, you guys, it's grove.co slash awesome. All right, Rebecca, let's dig in because I came to you with this episode idea after I saw one of your Instagram stories on your personal account at Simply Rebecca on Instagram. And you were just sharing really honestly, this has been a few weeks ago, but you were sharing really honestly that times are tough right now for all of us, but especially for people who maybe are like an Enneagram six who in their core maybe have a little bit of a struggle with fears and and like what ifs and those kinds of things. And not only that, in the Myers-Briggs system, you are an ESFP, you're a feeling type, and you're like pretty strong on the feeling scale. (laughs) (laughs) Does that feel accurate? Yeah, yeah, it does. (laughs) So I saw that story and I was like, let's talk about that. Let's talk about it on mic. So tell us a little (laughs) bit more about kind of what headspace you were in when you posted that story. Okay, so I'm an Enneagram 6. Enneagram 6 tends to prepare for worst case scenarios, play out worst case scenarios in our minds, you know, in problem solving ways, but also maybe in just like some anxious ways. I'm also, like you said, ESFP. That means I'm an extrovert. So, you know, that's not so great for me right now. I am definitely a feeling type, as you said. And also, I would say a big thing about for me, for an ESFP, is that I really thrive on what feels good in the moment. And like nothing feels good in this moment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I would say that that's probably one of the biggest struggles for me is just all of the general negativity that's around. And feeling the weight of carrying the emotional load of my family, as well as carrying just my own load in general. So things for my kids and disappointments for my kids, like that just all feels very, very heavy for me right now. The idea that my kids might not go back to school and all the disappointments that they're going to have with that. Goodness, I'm even feeling all the things for people that like I don't even know. Like I'm just so sad. I don't even know anybody who's having a baby like at this exact moment, but just sad for like the first time mom who's having a baby and can't have visitors at the hospital to come see them, you know, and people who are experiencing funerals and loss, like not even related to the coronavirus, but not being able to celebrate that life with as many people as they had wanted to and weddings being postponed. I like every time I hear about something or someone, it just all just feels very heavy. And I really like kind of take that on. And then it's been difficult for me to shake it off and self-motivate to, you know, change my perspective or look elsewhere and build up my energy because I feel like a lot of my energy does come based off of like how I'm feeling. Yeah. So I kind of want to just take a nap. Mm, Yes. (laughs) 
and wait for it all to be over. But like, that's just not an option. It's not an option. No. I mean, listen, as an Enneagram 9, I also would just like to be like, put my fingers in my ears and be like, la, 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 just avoid all of it. But no, we got to be engaging with it. Like we're actually forced to in so many ways. And we should. It's important. But so, yeah, I wanted to talk about this as well, because one thing that I think is so fascinating to me is how different people are experiencing these conditions. Like you said, like the disappointments, the fears, the what ifs that could be coming our way. The experience of having to isolate ourselves socially, I find to be very interesting. Now, you and I are both extroverts. I'm in a Voxer group with a couple of friends from high school, and I didn't think about it at the time. There's four of us in there. And one of our friends was saying that she just really didn't feel like her life had changed that much. Now, she actually still does have to go to work, but she goes to work. She comes home, has dinner with her family. And, you know, she just felt like, I don't know that my actual day to day life feels like it has changed that much. And nobody else was, you know, weighed in to be like, yeah, everything's changed for me. And I got to thinking about that. I was like, I'm the only extrovert in this group. And listen, we have a busy life, but we don't necessarily have a busy social life, probably because we do have all these kids and businesses to run and stuff. So it's not like we're like out to dinner all the time or doing a lot of traveling. But myself as an extrovert, Rebecca, I get that charge from just having interaction with other people, especially it is so important to me when I am under stress. I can remember when the twins were babies and I had postpartum depression really bad that sometimes I would load them up in their car seats, take them to Target or Babies R Us or sometimes the mall, put their little bucket car seats in my double stroller and just walk around because people find twins to be irresistible and people would want to talk to me. Oh, look at the babies and, you know, like have conversations with me. And I was craving and I knew I needed that charge of energy from talking to people so much that I would go out in public just so people would talk to me. (laughs) That's fantastic. I love that. But now it's like, I realize now, of course, my husband is home. We both work from home. We have all of our kids home, but it's like different. You know what I mean? Yes. There's a difference between like your kids talking to you all stinking day. (laughs) Yes, it's so different. (laughs) And having actual, you know, human conversation. So, okay, you know, wait, I'm listening to you yeah. and I'm having a bit of an aha moment as to maybe why I feel like I'm part of the reason why I'm struggling so much, because I don't feel like life is going that well right now. Although I would say that I'm kind of in the same boat as you, that maybe as your friend, that I feel like my life hasn't changed all that much. Like my husband can work from home and that can be like a big change. My kids are home. So, you know, that's a big change. But like, I don't have like a ton of things that I'm missing out on. A lot of people are talking about their kids, you know, like all their sporting events are canceled. They're not running here and there. And so they're spending a lot more time together as a family. I feel like that hasn't quite changed as much. Sure. But here's the thing that has changed is even in all these social interactions that I'm having with people, anytime I'm talking to somebody, which is what I'm craving as an extrovert, it's always related to the coronavirus. Oh, right. And so it's yes. always has this negative connotation oh, with it. Oh, yeah. And so I'm listening to you and you're talking about like going out and getting like that high from other people as they're like happy to talk about the babies. Like nobody's talking to me about happy things. Right. Yes. I feel and so that. Yeah. I'm talking to people, you know, digitally, like over Voxer or text message or over the phone. But it's all like bad news. Mm. And even when somebody is talking in a way where they're trying to spin it and they're like, "Okay, so this is what I'm doing 
to try to like have a good day. It's still like with under that blanket of like negativity. Right. Yes. And I think that must be part of the reason why I just feel so uh, all the time. Right. Especially as an extroverted feeling type who, you know, picks up on those feeling vibes from other people so easily. Yeah, that makes sense. So I wanted to kind of start with talking about that, because even if you do not know your Myers-Briggs type, which lots and lots of people don't, it's super easy to take a quick online test. I always send people to 16personalities.com. Yes, it's a free test. And sometimes those can be hit and miss, but I just have had a lot of experience with that one through the years. I do think it's super helpful. So if you want to push pause and go over to 16personalities.com, we'll put a link in the show notes. But even though if there's people that don't believe in Myers-Briggs theory or just not interested in it, most people, Rebecca, have some sense of whether they're mostly introverted or mostly extroverted. Right. Now, of course, we have people who are like, well, I'm more of an ambivert. I feel like I'm perfect blend of both. And I think when people say that, what they're really saying is that my two strongest cognitive functions are balanced because we all have extroverted parts of us. We all have introverted parts of us. And if you have a really good balance in the two like sort of primary drivers of how your brain processes things, you may feel more like an ambivert. But truly, most of us kind of know that we lean one way or the other. And so, you know, I know a lot of the introverts in my life are feeling, you know, sort of maybe a little bit gleeful, a little thrilled about all the social distancing. Of course, I'm sure you've seen all the memes and people who are, you know, like sort of embracing this, like I've been preparing for this my whole life. But I saw a blog post on a very great website that I love in reference for things often. It's called introvertdeer.com. One of their recent headlines was introverts, how to survive social isolation when you live with an extrovert. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yes. That hurts my feelings. Oh, (laughs) hurts my feelings. I love that. Like, (laughs) just because we're extroverts, we're not monsters. (laughs) It's true. But all of us are definitely viewing this through that thing of just like introverts may really truly be like relieved that they are at home more. But at the same time, Rebecca, if you're an introvert and you have kids and you're used to maybe your kids being in school or in daycare or something, and you suddenly find yourself 24-7 with a house full of people, that's going to be a big drain on the energy that you do have. And again, for extroverts, we may not even realize how much we have been relying on even the smallest social interactions of like going to the gas station, going out to do a little shopping, going out to eat and talking to people. We may not realize how deeply that has been a part of our, you know, sort of health and well-being and to have that taken away is difficult. So all of us are feeling it. But what I wanted to do, instead of talking about every single one of the 16 types, because I mean, I would think that's fun, but I don't know anybody else would. I thought, let's look at this kind of big picture. So when we talk about Myers-Briggs, there's a sort of parallel system from Kiersey, Dr. David Kiersey, I think his name was. Somebody can fact check me on that who looked at the 16 types and kind of said, well, I see the way that these 16 types in Myers-Briggs they kind of fall into four temperaments or four categories. So I thought, let's talk about the four temperaments and how each of them might be experiencing some times of stress and what we can do to be more healthy in the midst of all of this. So Rebecca, I wanted to start with your temperament type, which is the artisan type. These are going to be the SPs. So think about your Myers-Briggs type, if you know it, if you have that S in there, if you're a sensing type, and then you also have that P, meaning you're a perceiving type then you're one of the artisan types. 
These are the people that really thrive off of the energy and the motion of the world around them. Yes. (laughs) Does that sound accurate then? Yes. And the energy is not good. (laughs) Right. Yes. So the SPs are going to be ISTP, ISFP, ESTP, ESFP, like our Rebecca here is an ESFP. And so what I just said is that the world around them, their sensors, so that concreteness of the environment around them, that's where they are getting a lot of energy. And the P type means that they want to experience things. SP types do not necessarily want to experience the environment around them so that they can make decisions and like get everything all lined up and get orderly. Those are SJs, and we're going to talk about them in a minute. The SPs want to experience the environment and they want to participate in it. So you can imagine, and Rebecca, certainly everything you've said kind of lines up with this. Your SP types, whether they're extroverts or introverts, are going to be really feeling deprived of a lot of sensory stimulation right now. So they're going to be feeling bored. They're going to be feeling blah. They're going to be feeling like, again, if they're more of a feeling type, that the energy around them is just dragging them down. There's just that lack of sensory stimulation. And again, I think a lot of SP types may not even realize how dependent they are on experiencing new things and fun things and interesting things and adventurous things in the world around them until that is completely and for the most part, without warning, yanked out of their lives. So that's the bad news. Now, the good news is that this is a great time for SPs to find something to do within, you know, whatever the boundaries are, like if it's in their house or just whatever, to engage with the environment. So Rebecca, I don't know if this is something that you're going to want to take up or not. I don't know. But this is a great time if you're an SP and if you've ever thought, you know, I want to take up this hobby, this craft, this thing that I can do that I can physically literally get my hands in, even if it's doing something like baking bread, making cookies outside of the kitchen, if it's maybe painting a room that you've been meaning to get to, little home projects. If the weather's nice where you are, it's so important for SPs to be outside. Even if it's not great yet, even if it's rainy or gross or whatever, put on whatever yucky weather gear you have and get outside. I think it's important for all of us to be outside, but SPs really, really, really need that sensory stimulation. My sixth grade daughter, AJ, I truly, truly believe she's an ESFP as well. She has started on her own just doing little crafting projects. She has dug around in this house and found every (laughs) craft supply she could find. I even before things got, you know, pretty bad, we ran to the store, we ran to Target and loaded up on crafting supplies so She's just like painting things. She found a stack of our old DVDs. We don't even have a DVD player anymore, you guys. Everything is totally streaming here. But she found a stack of old DVDs and she was like, can I make something with these? And I was like, I mean, can you? (laughs) (laughs) If you can, I guess. So she (laughs) took those DVDs and some paint pens and she just started making art on all of them. And she's like, I think I might hang them in my room or something. And I was like, oh my gosh, I would never think to do that. But it's creating that, it's meeting that need and that craving that she has to do something that SPs are really feeling right now. So does any of that feel like it's kind of hitting you? Well, yeah, yeah, it does. I don't even know what else to say, but yes, I have been like trying to think of ways to make this fun. Oh, I can't even say the word fun. It just feels like (laughs) this is not fun. I know. But like, so one thing that I came up with before we were even like as locked down as what we are now 
is the idea of going through all of our board games that we have as a family because there's a lot that we have that we don't necessarily play that often. Right. And so my daughter made a chart with all of our board games and we're going to play them all and then we're going to rank them. And the ones that rank the lowest, we can declutter and get rid of. And I feel like it gives us a goal. It's like a fun experience. It also has the positive side of potential decluttering. So we're working through that. It's going okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That does. It makes a lot of sense. That's a good solution. I really like that idea. Okay, well, let's talk about closely related to the artisans. The next category are going to be our guardian types. And these are our SJs. So again, these are our types that have that S and the J, sensing types. But instead of being perceiving types who like to experience, These are our judging types, and they really like to organize the world around them. So just like the SPs, they really are motivated by the world around them. They're very in touch with the concrete world around them. But instead of just wanting to get into it and get their hands dirty and like really get in there and mix it up, they look at the world around them and they're like, how can we best make sense of this? How can we organize it? The guardian types also are our people. They're kind of another name for this category is the upholders, which is similar to what Gretchen Rubin talks about in her system. These are people who really like to make sure that we do things the way they're supposed to be done. And so they're the people who are planning birthday parties and they are the people who make sure that, you know, nobody's anniversary is ever forgotten. They are the people who are like, this is the way we've always done it. So this is the way we will always do it. And that can be really good. We need those people in our society to kind of help us stay centered, to help us to actually get things done. Thank goodness for our SJs or we would get nothing done. So these are our ISTJs, our ISFJs, our ESTJs and our ESFJs. And so you can imagine, Rebecca, like if you're a person who's like, this is the way things have always been. And then all of a sudden, not just your local community, not just your state, not just your part of the country, but the actual entire globe is upended. You can imagine it might be a little stressful for these times. Oh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So for our SJ types, our guardians, this is the primary stressor is that they are everything. You know, these are the people who probably if you were going to go on a family vacation or group vacation or travel anywhere, and you were going as a group, probably an SJ was doing the organizing for you. They were putting their heart and soul into planning things, to organizing the information, to making sure everybody was going to have a great time. So I think that our guardians are going to be really struggling right now with the way things are just completely open-ended, up in the air, changing from minute to minute. Our SJs struggle with change a lot because they like that having that sense of confidence and assurance of what we did in the past. We can do that again and it will be fine. Well, how many of us have ever experienced a worldwide pandemic before? Yeah, no. (laughs) So our guardians are going to be people who are going to be really stressed by that. Now, one thing that I think that that our SJs, our guardians can do is look for ways to kind of organize just the environment that's around you. You know, you're talking about Grace made a chart of board games that y'all have. I was like, hmm, is Grace a little SJ over there? (laughs) I can see that. I can definitely see that. Her room is much more organized than any part of the house I'm in charge of. So I can definitely see that. Interesting. Maybe she really is an SJ type. These people may be the ones who truly, even though it's difficult, especially for the extroverted SJs to be at home, the other SJs, ISFJs and ISTJs may be totally happy and totally relieved to be at home. 
You guys, this is a great time if you're an SJ to do the organizing that has been put to the side. Maybe you've put so much time and energy into organizing groups outside of your home, whether it's PTA or things at work. This is a great time to turn your attention to the environment around you and tackle some of those projects that you've been meaning to put off, whether it is organizing the board games in your game closet, or if it is going through and doing some digital organization, cleaning up your photos, getting those sent off to be print. Even organizing your phone can be like just like a little hit of something productive that an SJ might enjoy. So, oh, and I thought of one last thing that SJs can totally be doing because it really is your superpower. And I can't emphasize this enough. Our SJs are the ones who make sure that we all do all of our celebrating and have fun things planned. It's not just about organizing things around your house. It's about continuing to do the things that you guys do best, which is like organizing celebrations. So people in your family are having birthdays, plan something that will help them to feel celebrated. Even if there's not a big event, like a birthday or an anniversary or anything like that, if our SJs can just like create little things to make every day feel special, new daily routines, new rituals, new things that the people in your home can look forward to, then I think that will bring so much joy and satisfaction to our SJs, even in a stressful time like this. Those are some thoughts for some SJs, but hopefully if you are an SJ type and you've been really feeling the stress of this moment in time in a particular way, hopefully that'll help you make sense of why your brain is kind of feeling a little fried right now. Well, this is just so fun because in response to that Instagram story that I did talking about feeling like my personality was kind of working against me, I did get some people who responded, sent me DMs, and I got a message from an ESFJ. Her name is Courtney. She says that she's a super Enneagram 6 and an ESFJ. And you talked about how they are really good at like the preparing and the planning and the organizing. She says, I spent about 89 hours shopping last week. And I said, I think this is what I was designed for. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I could totally see an SJ feeling like that. Like one thing I was reading about SJs is right now they were probably the only ones who did not have to go run out and grab toilet paper because SJs are the type most prone to already having a stockpile of toilet paper somewhere (laughs) in their house. They do. They like to think ahead and plan and prepare for those kinds of things. So I like that. That totally makes sense for an ESFJ for sure. Okay. Two more temperaments to get to. The next one I'll talk about is my temperament. And I believe the one that your husband, Nate, is as well. Did we decide Nate's an ENFJ? Yes. Yes, he definitely is. Well, let's talk about the idealists, the NF types. That's what I am as an ENFP. Of course, our other co-host, Kelly, is an ENFP like me. My sister, Emily, on the show, a regular, is an INFJ. So yeah, we NFs, we kind of find each other in life and we really understand each other really well. So NFs, we are the people that have that N and the F. We have that intuition and feeling. We are the people who really, truly understand the importance of connection with other people. We are always seeking to kind of bring harmony and togetherness. We do tend to be quite idealistic. We are always thinking that things can be improved. NFs are really, really focused on people, whereas others like SJs and to some extent NTs, who we're going to talk about here in a minute, can be more focused on the systems around us, like the way things work. NFs are really focused in on people. And so as you can imagine, those of us who are NFs, 
may be feeling, first of all, just the stress and being feeling distraught and just being cut off from others. Kind of like I was talking about, you can't even go out and chat with the server at the restaurant or have a nice chat. Even, you know, the checkout clerks, bless their hearts at grocery stores and the pharmacies, they're feeling their own stress because they're literally on the front lines of, you know, people bringing all their stress to the store. So yeah, NFs are going to be feeling a little bit lost, a little bit cut off. We're feeling a little bit cut off from humanity, honestly. And that can bring a lot of stress, even if you are an introverted NF type. There's this thing, you know, this idea that introverts are all just loving all of this, you know, hunker down time. But INFPs and INFJs, even though they're introverts, they are generally really quite, they operate in a lot of ways in an extroverted way because they're really so engaged with the lives of people around them. So that's why we're feeling stress. Some things that NFs can do. This is why God created Foxer, you guys. This is why we have Marco Polo. This is why we have even just things like FaceTime and video chatting and Facebook Messenger and Instagram. Remember when I had that huge epiphany that you can actually video chat in Instagram? That's like so helpful to create those pathways of connection. This is a great time to especially the, I think the ENFJs like Nate is an ENFJ, the INFJs, these are going to be the people who really feel compelled to reach out and check on their friends. How are you guys doing? Tell me what you're up to. Are you doing okay? Tell me what you're feeling. Your INFJs and your ENFJs are totally fine with, you know, processing feelings with you. They're very in touch with feelings. But ENFPs amongst you are going to think of like, I should text her and then (laughs) maybe we will, maybe we won't. We have a lot of good thoughts, but they don't always get acted on. But so, yeah, these are going to be the people that just were feeling that deprivation of connection. But thank goodness, there are so many ways that we can still build those connections. We just may have to be more intentional about it than we're used to. Now, Nate's actually still working right now. So he's still getting that kind of human connection thing. And I mean, if there is not a more perfect job for an ENFJ than to be a director of a shelter for people experiencing homelessness, oh my goodness, Nate must have the most personally fulfilling job in the world. He really loves it. And you're right. It's like the best fit for him. It fits so many of his skills. It's funny though, listening to this and listening to even like what you said about just extroverts in general. The other day before things were really closed down and more people were working from home, Nate and I both happened to be outside on our porch around 5.30 when the neighbors were like coming home from work. And like all of our introverted neighbors were just like, hi, and then like going in the door and we're just like, hey, how you doing? Everybody okay? How you holding up? It's like, oh my goodness, they're home. Talk to us, talk to us. (laughs) Oh, that is priceless. And I was actually thinking about you guys when I was preparing this because I remembered, I thought I did remember correctly that Nate was an ENFJ. And I was like, you know, honestly, it's not totally common to have two extroverts married. Now, of course, I'm sure we're going to hear from awesomes who are like, excuse me, raise their hand. We're both extroverts and we're doing great. A lot of times, though, you either see two introverts who are, you know, in romantic pairings or introverts and extroverts tend to find each other because we're seeking that balance. So that leads me to the last category I wanted to talk about. This is the category my husband Kyle fits into. And these are going to be our rational types. These are our NTs. So again, like the NFs, they have that intuition working for them. And I didn't say this when I was talking about the NFs, but when we talk about intuition in Myers-Briggs, what we're saying is that we're not like the S types, the sensing types who are so connected to the concrete world around us. 
intuitive types tend to be far more connected to sort of the unseen, unspoken, intangible things. So the intangibles of the environment, I guess you could say, or of systems, which is what NTs are really interested in for the most part. So our NTs are going to be INTJ, INTP, ENTJ, and ENTP. My husband's an INTJ. And these are the people that, the rational types, so they want to look at a system and they can very quickly and very easily point out what's wrong with the system. They can break it apart and figure out how it could be better. INTJs and ENTJs are particularly driven to want to take action on it. They can clearly assess a system and be like, here's where it breaks down in efficiency. Here's where it breaks down in effectiveness. You're doing this wrong. If you'll do this, this will improve. They can see it like almost instantly. And they really want to see people and systems make those changes. Now, INTPs and ENTPs, they're going to dwell more in the world of possibility. So they're going to be more like the daydreamer types or the people that kind of see an idea, but they want to take it almost more into the theoretical. And the J types of this group are going to be the ones that want to be like, no, realistically, how do we make this happen? So you can imagine that the rational types right now are going to be feeling a lot of stress because there is an influx of information and big questions about what should we do. And so NTs may be feeling a lot of frustration, especially bless them if they're on any kind of social media where you have every Uncle Joe out there given his ideas and his theories about why this is happening, what we should do to make it in. NTs, it's probably a good time to stay on <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> Maybe back away from Twitter, you know, the old meme, someone's wrong on the internet. Well, NTs often feel like everyone's wrong on the internet. (laughs) And if you're already under stress, if going in and engaging with those conversations about like, what could we do to make this all better? If that is not bringing you life, it's not bringing you energy right now. It is probably the healthiest thing that you can do is to just step back and engage with just the little systems that are around you. My husband works in financial services, so he has kind of taken a lot of his stress in this moment and been looking at their investment system and tweaking it, doing a lot of like making sure that it is all operating as efficiently as it can. But so NTs, yeah, this is a time to realize that you cannot solve the bigger problems of the world unless maybe you are a person in power. If so, please help us. (laughs) We need your help. Yes, please. But if you are not, if you have just the environment around you to work within, You know, think about ways that you can, you know, use your superpower of helping people restructure your systems. Maybe if you're home from work, if you have a little free time, maybe this is a good time to help people figure out how they could be doing things better. There are a lot of us who have been, our whole systems have been thrown so out of keel that we need somebody who can really easily come in and just be like, this is how things should go. So maybe NTs will find more healthiness, less stress in that. So I'm super curious, did anybody else, Rebecca, anybody else reply and say like this type and I'm feeling this in the midst of all of the responses you got? Yeah. So Julie responded and she responded about like her Enneagram type. I was saying, you know, I'm a six. That's kind of like a worst case scenario person. But then I was also saying I'm really feelings oriented. Julie replied and she says, I'm an eight and not a feeling person but I have cried most of today. It's weird. I don't ever cry ever, but watching my friends hurt and not being able to fix it, having to cancel my child's birthday party, worrying about being able to feed my family and staying healthy. It's a lot. And it is a lot. And I think under great stress, we sometimes experience emotions and responses that we're not necessarily used to. So it makes complete sense that for Julie, she would be, you know, 
experiencing yes. some tears during this time. Absolutely. Kristen, and she says, I'm an INFJ with a capital I. <laughs> and I have a stocked library and fridge and a strong Wi-Fi connection. I'm thriving. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yes, that sounds like a great plan. Now, of course, this was a while ago. So maybe by now, Kristen is not so feeling thriving. And that's totally understandable. But in the moment, at the beginning, she was thriving in it all. And then Amanda said, this ISFP six, Enneagram six, is going nuts. The shower is the only place in my small house without other people. I'm coping by escaping and reading too many Corona articles on my phone. And then she went on and said something that I thought was so interesting. She says, I've accepted the possibility of dying, but I haven't yet accepted this isolation lasting for months. And I asked her about that. And she said, well, the thing is, we were traveling. My husband was getting frustrated that I wasn't worried enough about the possibility of, you know, things going wrong. And I told him that I could suspect a small lump in the shower. And before I've even gotten out of the shower, I've arranged support groups and annual letters for my kids from their deceased mom. I've already solved that problem, (laughs) but I haven't solved the problem of us all being stuck in the same house for two months Mm. or longer. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So that desire to fix things, to think through the possibilities as an ISFP and an Enneagram 6. She can wrap her brain around some things, but yet this has not been solved for her. And I feel you, girl. I feel you. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the perfect note to end on is just a reminder. And the one who is an eight who said, I never cry and I can't stop crying. I think this is a great time to remind all of us to give ourselves grace for ourselves. None of us were prepared for this truly. All of us have been thrown into a tailspin and also assign positive intent to each other. We're all trying to figure this out the best that we can. And there's going to be days when we're laying on the couch crying and there's going to be days when we're bopping around the house, dancing and getting things done. And to go back and forth like you're on a roller coaster is actually probably pretty normal right now. So yes, most definitely. Meg, thank you so much for this. This was like so enlightening and so validating. My friends joke that my favorite word is validate, but I just love having all of my crazy and all of my emotions. I love having that validated. I love hearing somebody say, it's okay. This is the way you are. I hear you. And I feel that way. And I hope that all the rest of the awesomes are also feeling that way after hearing you go through all these different types. So thank you so much for validating our crazy during this time of stress. That is so nice of you to say thank you for that. Truly, this was very, very fulfilling for me. So Rebecca, if people want to find us and talk a little bit more about their feelings, you know, that as feeling types, we welcome that. Where can we find you all around the web? Well, you can find me absolutely everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, everywhere at Simply Rebecca. Okay. And you guys can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. The show is over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us anytime on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. You guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to SortaAwesomeShow.com.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.